0: This show may contain strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit our website at mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of chest and genital dysphoria, colonization, gendered language, and homophobic slurs, including one use of the F-slur. It also contains discussions about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title.
1: Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay.
0: Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jay. My name
0: is CJ, and we are your co-conspirators and try to figure out what it is that cishet people think it is we're doing.
1: Uh, but CJ, what's on the buy schedule for today? Today we're talking to James, and then we're going to play a games. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I tried very desperately to make it rhyme.
1: <laughs> cjj and james this is gonna be not at all confusing <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna figure it out hello james
0: hey how's it going it's going good how are you today not bad just relaxing love that love to hear it so tell, tell us a little about you
2: sure uh so my name is james nish uh i live in halifax nova scotia i am filipino canadian i grew up in cebu um what else do i want to say i'm an artist i'm freelancing i do all sorts of art related things i teach i do graphic recording i illustrate comics and books i do portrait commissions i show paintings at exhibits i just do whatever i just want to live an artist's life and what else Um, i really like plants and animals (laughs) and i love being a part of the queer community
0: hell yeah yeah i was about to say you just do like a few things don't you
2: (laughs) Yeah, a bit of a dilettante. I like to dabble.
1: Mm.
0: Well, that is sort of the artist life. Right? Mm-hmm. Jay and I are both like I'm. Uh, Jay and I are both performing artists, and Jay's a visual artist as well. So it's very like, uh, oh, what do you do as an artist? What don't I do as an artist?
2: Exactly. Yeah, I think it's good to explore. I, art should be a path, right? Not a not an mm. endpoint.
0: Oh yes, absolutely. I love that I absolutely love that cool um so lead us on your queer journey
1: or queer path hey where should I start
0: (laughs) wherever feels right for you
2: okay queer journey um I guess people knew I was queer before I did Um, my my aunts love to tell the story of when I first saw like a virgin by Madonna on TV and I just started doing everything she was doing Yeah, um, I also did this with Freddie Mercury's I Want to Break Free music video, which was really iconic, huge for me, like, um, seeing Freddie Mercury, he's, he was like an idol of mine from childhood, so oh. I, I was listening to Queen from childhood, because my, my mom really likes the band, so does my dad, so the music was playing all the time, and, um, I'd say I model after myself, uh, I model myself after him just a little bit, he's kind of a hero, <laughs> Uh what else? Yeah. Um, so uh I didn't really realize I was gay though until I was fourteen when I had like when I saw gay porn for the first time. Uh prior Mm -hmm. to that, I thought I was straight and Christian. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh
2: (laughs) I did have a really legitimate crush on a girl um prior to the porn incident. So I was confused about, you know, what that meant and what, what you know. Anyway, it's weird because um, in the Philippines, we sort of had a different concept for what being queer meant, um, especially, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s, when I was a kid there. Um, we just didn't have the same sort of concepts as Western culture did. Hmm. Um, so I was called uh, Bayot. I don't know if any of you have ever heard that term. Do you have Desayat friends?
0: <laughs> I have not heard that term.
2: Okay, yeah. so Bayut is like, um, I guess it's kind of um, the same thing as being called like a fag in a way, but mm. uh, it has a historical context because prior to the colonial era, um, Bayuts um, were considered a third gender and also considered um, kind of special, like um, sort of a shaman situation, <laughs> a little bit closer to um, two-spirit for First Nations people. Mm. Yeah, so um, so it has like a rich history that kind of got perverted by, you know, the patriarchal colonial um, powers that ruled the Philippines for hundreds of years. And so now um, it's kind of considered a, like a, like an insult. But there's been a lot of reclaiming of that term. Good. And I'm really proud to be a Bayuk. and um, so that was like an important journey for me Um, it was confusing though as a child because um, when people were calling me Bayot the only reference I had for that was the hairdresser who cut my hair Um, and um, their name was Bernadette and Bernadette is probably trans Um, Bernadette has passed away but Mm. um, you know at the time we didn't have the language for that so um, yeah if you weren't just straight up cishet then you were Bayou and you know um, that meant a lot of things for me Um, because when I started going to university and I wanted to touch base with other queers there was um, like a gay club or organization at school Um, but I didn't really feel super welcome there because most of the members um, were I don't know. There there was this term that was popular at the time where if you were gay and masculine presenting, you were believed to be trying to pass.
1: Huh. Hmm.
2: Yeah, and so they would call you maya and it was like, well, you're you're in a way people didn't like you because you were privileged and like hiding behind your privilege of being mask presenting. Um so there was a little bit of I don't know, there were a lot of uncomfortable feelings between um, masculine and feminine presenting queers. Mm. Yeah, Mm. so it was complicated. Um, Growing up and sort of trying to bring together these two concepts of what it means to be gay or queer, you know, the Western and the Filipino, it just was different. (laughs) So I kind of, you know, I started seeing shows like Queer as Folk, and, you know, looking at all the gay cinema that I could from Europe, and, Asia, just all around the world and like trying to beef up my idea of what it meant to be LGBTQ. And I found myself like a best friend slash mentor who sort of like helped me learn all this stuff. He was from Germany and he like introduced me to a lot of films like Paris is Burning mm. and um, taught me what it was like for him growing up in Germany and how different that was. And, um, you know, I really wanted to move to Canada um, and, uh, because I, I'm also Canadian by the way, like I was born a dual citizen, but I never right. lived in Canada. So I wanted to move here, not just to be Canadian, but also to be able to explore my, my queerness. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I did that. Like I did that at the age of 23 and I've been living here now for about 14 years. So that's my queer journey. Sorry to be so roundabout with it. Like, I,
0: <laughs> no, that was great. It is your podcast episode with the explicit, <laughs> <laughs> the explicit purposes for you to talk about yourself. Um, yeah, I, I was really interested because uh, when we were talking uh, before the podcast uh, like before we started recording, um, when I asked uh, about your pronouns, you mentioned the uh, cultural differences between how pronouns are treated Um like in different cultures. And I would love for you to elaborate more on that on air, if you can.
2: Okay. So uh, so in Cebu, where I'm from, we speak Bisaya. And that's one of the many languages that we speak in the Philippines. And in Bisaya, we don't have gendered pronouns. We say siya, ako, um, and, and that those pronouns apply to everybody. So um, my mom when she would speak English, often she would get the genders mixed up and she'd call mm. like him, her, or whatever. Um, and that was just really normal for me. So I never really... I guess I don't place the same kind of emphasis on gender and pronouns that some other people do, just because I grew up feeling like it wasn't that important.
0: Mm. Yeah. I. It's really interesting like hearing from people because like, they're... A lot of us live in sort of like the bubble of what our society or country or whatever it is, is. And then uh, you hear about like, oh, well, in this country, they don't even have gendered pronouns or in this country, they gender tables and couches (laughs) and the weather.
2: (laughs) Well, that's the funny thing about the philippines because we were colonized by the spaniards right for centuries Mm. and they and they're one of those cultures that genders tables and chairs right (laughs) so the two mixing makes for a really interesting combination um i just i just don't know i don't know my mom would sometimes um ask me Like, if I needed new underwear, she would ask me if I I needed more panties. Like, she just didn't really care about the difference between, (laughs) like, panties and briefs, right? And, and like, uh, and that was fine and cool. Like, you know, it kind of gets you thinking about what is the difference between those two things? It's really not that different. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I I guess um, I had the advantage of learning to be cool with that stuff um, a lot sooner in life than most people do.
0: Yeah. To your mom's credit, it took me a while for me, like, in trying to find, like, men's attire for myself. I kept calling, uh, like, button-up shirts or, like, dress shirts blouses. <laughs> <laughs> My partner's like, that's not it. It's a dress shirt. I'm like, it, I, it, it, it serves the functional purpose of a blouse. I don't understand.
2: Completely. You know I, mean? I, I don't really get that either. Same thing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> It's sh- <laughs> It should, like, I don't want to knock any, like, I don't know, French culture or whatever. I studied French for many, many years and trying to keep up with, like, the gendering of objects and, (laughs) (laughs) like, it, it just seems like the rules are pretty all over the place depending on where you go. And the answer seems like it should be maybe let's gender a few fewer things
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I'm also trying to learn that gendering things is important to some people and trying Mm. to appreciate that you know we're all different in our perspectives on these matters but for me personally um, um, it doesn't really um, make that huge of an impact on me and I like responding to all pronouns and I don't mind calling my underwear panties
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be at the next march. Like, my underwear is panties, deal with it. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. There are people, like, there are varying relationships that people can have with the concept of gender. And um, trying to, like, concisely pack it all into, like, one cohesive statement is probably not the way to go. Like, whenever people <laughs> are like, gender's dead. And it's like, there are people for whom gender is incredibly alive it's just just that it's just that and speaking as a united states citizen we as a society botched it up so hard (laughs) like that concept (laughs) of gender should probably die
2: (laughs) but you know like you think about how some people have to work so hard to get to the point where they're calling their underwear panties proudly right like Mm -hmm. for them that's a journey and and you know it's uh getting to call their underwear panties is is a fantastic victory. And I want to yeah. value that experience too, right? Just because it's not my own doesn't mean that I should put it down. So go ahead, right. panty away and let's be proud of our <laughs> our genders and let's also be proud of having no specific gender, whatever your journey is.
1: Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> Love to hear it. Shockingly, it's nuanced. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh, what? laughs> just gender, you know. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's, it's probably good that it's nuanced or else this podcast wouldn't be able to last so long. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Cool. So, uh, James, what is something that you want to tell cishet people for the very last time and then you never have to hear about it again? Oh,
2: man. I guess it depends on which cishet person I'm talking to. Fair. -fair. Right? Because, like, on the lowest rung of the ladder, I would be like, there is no boy or girl in the relationship. Mm. Um, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh but I don't know. I would say just grow your imagination and learn to be playful about life because there's so much more to life than your experience of it. And learn to be interested in other people's experience of the world. Like we live in such a, an amazing diverse environment. There's so many colors why be satisfied with just a few? Like, you don't go to a botanical garden and complain that there's too much variety and then <laughs> right. demand only roses and daisies. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: you know how many times I've had to watch a rom-com and relate to your story? Do you know how many mm. times I've had to feel the humana humanas from a, a cis man and cis woman kissing on screen, especially... But you know how many times I've had to relate to a white main character... Um <laughs> just mm-hmm. try watching other things that star people who don't look like you, or read books yeah. that are written by people who don't look and sound like you yes. and like and and instead of considering that a chore, like get excited about it. like there's so much um, there are so many amazing stories out there and so many ways to experience being alive. like why be satisfied with your tiny little view through your one window? There's mm. so many windows. So I would say just, like, be playful and, like, try to focus on quality of life instead of, like, following some sort of arbitrary rule set that you were born into.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. I don't, I don't know if you could tell. I was just straight up vibing through all of that. <laughs> 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 like, yes, yes, yes.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm, I'm tired of being thought of as some kind of sidekick to the heteronormative experience. Um mm. I realize that we are a minority, you know, as a queer population, we are not the majority of people out there, but still, um, our experiences are not only valid, they're amazing and interesting. And why wouldn't you want to watch a movie about us? Hello.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: As somebody who like used to lead with a mentality of like judgment towards like, oh what these like new labels are like I used to be really judgy of furries I'll admit it and then my world and my life got so much better when I decided like I made the choice to lead with curiosity like yes oh so like you feel this way tell me more and now like I get to, like, hear and see so many experiences that aren't my own because I didn't shut the door on that possibility the second I saw it. Yes,
2: that's really Like, well I don't played. have to
0: walk through the door, but, like, I can look through and go, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> Love that door.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. That looks give like a-, a very cool room. Just give a little wave.
2: Yeah. I'd say that my relationship with curiosity is probably my longest relationship <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm really grateful that I have that as a character trait. I'd say it's probably my defining character trait. I'm just curious. I want to know, I want to discover and I'm curious especially to know how how it's like for other people. I remember being a really I remember being really young and um telling somebody, probably a teacher, that my one desire in life was to be able to shrink myself so small that I could ride around inside different people's heads, and just like know what it's like to be in their in their bodies for just like a day, and then just hop from body to body and get a fuller experience of what it's like to be alive. Um, I'm sure part of that was because I wanted to escape my own skin at the time, but Fair. also because I wanted to. I, I'm genuinely curious about how different it is for someone else.
0: Yeah, it's like that thing of like walking down the street and passing by somebody and realizing that like they have an entire life outside of you. That's incredibly cool. (laughs) It's a really cool thing. We should celebrate that and honor it.
2: Yeah, I used to spend a lot of time in cafes drawing and I would um, draw people in the cafe and make up little stories about them. I guess I still do that. (laughs)
1: Mm.
2: It's great, and it's really good, especially if you're upset with somebody.
1: <laughs> mm. Mm, mm-hmm.
2: uh, it teaches you compassion.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I used to so- road rage, and then I started like every time I was like angry at the other, the other driver, I'd be like, "I don't know what their day was like. I know that when I do things like that, it's because I'm panicking. They might be panicking.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: I should probably do that more. I still road rage a lot.
2: And you know what? Um, it is a, such a good way to think about things, too, because it's just more peaceful. You find yourself just, like, less angry more often, and you start to like people more.
1: Yeah. Ugh, yes.
0: And you spend less time obsessing over, like, well, why do they feel that way? Like, I have to correct. Like, no. You, like, mm-hmm. if you're if you stop being so worried about somebody like doing the right or wrong thing by your state i mean like there's rights and wrongs of course but like you know if if you worry less about being judgmental then that's one less thing you have to worry about there's so many other things to worry about right now
2: indeed it also takes me out of my ego you know out of Mm. my own narrative and starts getting me to think more about you know our collective narrative
0: (laughs) yeah Mm. so james what is on your gay agenda
2: What is on my day agenda? Um, (laughs) Well, I would really like to illustrate or be involved in some kind of book or comic book um, that kind of contains all of the things that I've learned or, you know, puts out, you know, some of the positive messages that even like that, that we've been talking about in these last few minutes. I think Mm. that would be, like, a thing on my gay agenda. It's just to be involved with a project I could be really proud of that kind of advances the gay agenda. Um, But I also feel like um, I would like for everybody, um, you know, regardless of who they are or where they're from, I would like for everybody to have equal access to a good life and um, to have the right to pursue something that feels purposeful and fulfilling um I think that would be great so those are two of my gay agenda items I'm sure there's more
0: <laughs> oh yeah I mean we've got a running list by now I'm sure there's some that like when we posted to the like uh, uh doors of Capitol Hill you can look <laughs> you can skim through and be like oh yeah I, that that one's also a good point <laughs>
2: Yeah. I mean, I used to have much more specific gay agenda items when I was younger. Now that I'm older, mm-hmm. I'm keeping it broad.
0: Yeah. and Anything can be a gay agenda item.
2: For sure. I just, uh, I'm a little bit of an activist at heart. I went to an activist university. Um, so I believe in fighting for causes. I believe in the power of complaining and protest. And, you know, those things really work. You know, coming yeah. from the Philippines, protest... Is a very important part of our history. We ousted two corrupt presidents from, you know, mass protests on the street. So, like, I really believe in that stuff. And yeah, um, yeah I guess I do have a gay agenda I'm advancing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, protesting is at the root of uh, queer history in the United States and beyond.
2: Mm. Yeah, for sure. I just uh, got through listening to your um, history of Stonewall
0: yeah that oh. <laughs> was a very direct protest against police brutality
2: mm-hmm. mm, yeah Get are throwing those bricks <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly awesome so let's get into the game jay
1: Ah, uh, hello i am jay your camp counselor uh and today because you are an artist i put together a little uh trivia about queer artists through history i call it L-G-B-T-Q-I art.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm going to be tested on this. I better have the Google ready.
1: <laughs> um. Now, I, I do create the trivia games myself, so you are allowed to, like, call on CJ um, as a lifeline. I don't know what's how, how much CJ knows about art history, but... I,
0: I am approaching this as I'm going to probably get everything wrong, and then I'm going to learn about queer artists.
2: Yeah. All right. I'll do. I'll have the same approach.
0: Yeah. There's no lose scenario here.
1: Yeah. Well, I also found out when I was building it that when you like Google, you know, famous queer artists, uh, a the list is not as long as you would like, um, mm. and B it's very Eurocentric and North America focused, and that's a mm. bummer. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, with that in mind, uh, I, I picked out five artists and. Um, I will give a little description about them and then you can try and guess who it is. And again, it's super low stakes. The worst case scenario here is get to learn about some queer artists you can look up the art of. Okay. So you're going to
2: describe this artist and we have to guess who it is. Yes. Okay. Good luck to us all.
1: (laughs) All right. Our first artist is known for his pop art and graffiti-like work. This 1980s artist with a fishy last name drew the gayest dang stick figures around.
2: Oh, oh, I know this one. I know this one. (laughs) (laughs) I can already see the artwork in my mind. Oh, what was his name? Oh, it's totally escaping me. Does anybody else know?
0: CJ, do you know the name? Uh, I I thought with Pop Art it would be Andy Warhol and then you said fishy last name and I don't think Warhol has anything to do with fish
1: but I'm no. just going to
0: say Andy Warhol and pray gosh no, what was his name he was friends with Madonna Yes, <laughs> he painted
2: a jacket for her I just don't remember his name I was even talking about him in class
1: I can give out the name and I think you could still get points because you clearly know who it is <laughs> I think that's fair Yes. Are you ready? Yes. It's Keith Herring.
2: Yes, thank you.
1: A I was last not gonna name. get that.
2: Although he spells his last name not like the fish. It's oh yes, right? no. But,
1: yeah. yeah. It's spelled differently, but it sounds like the fish. And I was like <laughs> desperately trying to come up with hints. Mm. Not not much <laughs> no, to pull great. from a name like Keith Herring. <laughs> um, I'm so I embarrassed did... I couldn't remember his name. There's a lot of names to remember in the world. Don't worry about For it. For sure. <laughs> But yeah, his work is very um, nasty. I can't even remember the word I was about to say. (laughs) Graphic, maybe I don't know. Mm -hmm. I was about to be like, good, wild. (laughs) Just start listing adjectives until you want to see. If you want to see little stick guys fucking and dancing, (laughs) I really recommend Keith Haring.
2: True, he painted little (laughs) dogs too.
1: And little dogs. Mm -hmm. (gasps) little (laughs) little (laughs) dogs. Uh, Our next artist, you know what? I probably should have looked up where each one was found Uh, or where they were from, rather. Uh, There we go. Okay. (laughs) All right. This British painter rejected a first name and all prefixes and went by a shortened version of their last name instead because no gender today, thank you. They're known for floral pieces and portraits, the most famous of which is called Medallion, showing the artist alongside one of their partners, Nesta.
2: Oh boy, (laughs) who is this? (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. Although I'm googling Medallion right now.
0: (laughs) I have even less of an idea
1: uh this person i would say that they, they're not as well known as i think they should be i learned about them i think from a queer art history podcast specifically ages ago and sounds like i should again. be listening to that one uh <laughs> yes i have to uh i will remember the name and i will message it to you but um uh this artist is gluck gluck i see huh. it now Yes, it is the, the first half of their last name, and they were like, that's, that's my name now? That's what you're going to call me. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. really
2: cool. Yeah. I will research Gluck.
1: <laughs> All right. Our third artist. This super bi Mexican painter is known for her self-portraits mixing realism and autobiographical elements with fantasy.
2: Uh, this one I know. It's Frida Kahlo
1: it is and gosh i wish Yay. people would stop throwing on a unibrow and a flower crown and saying they're dressed as her <laughs>
2: <laughs> i was lucky enough to see some of her work when i was visiting germany one time i i really look up to um frida and i I'm probably very heavily influenced by her
1: Uh her work is is so good mm. I, I drew a lot of self portraits in high school And it's like I look at hers and I'm like Why well, can't mine show as much of me As her <laughs> Why can't you um, What was uh, in the way Um, I mean I think mostly Just that I was in high school and I didn't even really know Myself <laughs>
2: That's but, a good answer. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's part of that's part of my queer journey, being in college and going like, oh, you know what makes sense? Not a girl,
0: <laughs> <laughs> not straight.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, okay,
2: <laughs>
0: that solves it.
2: Did you ever look at, back at your paintings and see that in it?
1: Um, a little bit. Yeah, I can definitely see me like clinging to um the influences that I was trying to like replicate and like the pop culture I was really into and i was just like being like these are my personality. Mm. <laughs> but-
2: I love seeing the artwork of young people and mm. particularly young queer people. I'm lucky enough to teach at this place called the McPhee Center sometimes and uh, we have a lot of young people coming in um, primarily LGBTQ people and um, getting to see their artwork is uh, one of the best things ever.
1: Oh yes. That sounds amazing
2: it really is um getting to see somebody growing it's very exciting
1: oh Mm. yes and like kids are so free in like the way they move the way they use their voices the way they talk and then to get to see that apply to art is so cool
2: definitely um you know the seat of creativity is playfulness right some people Mm. believe your your inner child is where you derive your creativity Um, So half of the work I do is if I'm teaching adults or guiding adults through an art thing, is just getting them to relax and play and remind them that there is no wrong thing when you're playing. (laughs) Like you can't make a mistake playing. So, Yeah. uh, yeah. So I wish that adults would be more playful. I think it's something that we're missing in our culture.
1: Oh my goodness, James, you are super inspiring me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it. We're putting that on the gay agenda too. It's going. (laughs) (laughs) I I decided be more playful.
2: Be more playful is really important. Um, I think it would be such a salve, especially like in current times um, where there just isn't enough of that. Of course, it's really hard to feel playful when the world's on fire.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's when we need it
2: you're right i think so too
0: it's simultaneously when it's hard to do and also when
1: it's most needed mm.
2: yes. yes that is both. wisdom for sure
1: both are true <laughs> <laughs> all right i've got two more artists all right uh, i'm gonna pick which one i'm gonna go with we're gonna go with uh this one next okay This New York artist started out as part of a graffiti duo called Samo, but quickly rose to acclaim in the 70s and 80s. Uh, He married text and abstract image to create socially critical pieces, both on the street and eventually in big old galleries. Uh, He died tragically young, but not before working with artists like Andy Warhol. Uh, mm-hmm. and working with several musical acts and breaking the record at the time for price set on an American artist's work at auction. I and think his, I know who it is. First. His bio is the longest because I got the most excited <laughs> <in America. laughs>
2: Is this Jean-Michel Basquiat?
1: It is! Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I do know some things
1: Yeah <laughs> You got you got two out of, uh, well, no, three four. You got three out of four so far Sort of. I didn't really
2: get Keith Haring, but we'll give you... Okay, if you want to give me that, I'll take it.
1: Yeah, I give you that point. It's Um, given. uh, Yeah, I got so excited when Warhol came up because I'm like, oh, he's relevant to the one later. And also, Madonna came up and Jean-Michel Basquiat dated Madonna before she was famous, and I just Mm -hmm. think that's really neat.
2: Yeah, a lot of people (laughs) don't know how connected she was to the art scene. In fact, when when she started her pop career, it was with the like with the spirit of um, bringing art to pop music in the Mm. same way that Mm. um, Andy Warhol brought pop to the art world.
1: Yeah and even to the point when she was like oh I'll bring Vogue to the uh, yeah and like there are a lot of
2: problematic things about Madonna but then
1: putting (laughs) putting
2: her in the in historical context um, she really is responsible for bringing a lot of things to the table that at the time people considered too edgy or n- not worth talking about you know um we needed people like her at the time to break down doors and she definitely mm. did
1: Mm-hmm. i think yeah. um <laughs> there's this like uh, <laughs> another binary society has provided of like good and bad and i don't think people work that way no uh so she's done a lot of not great things but she's also yeah done a lot of cool things too
2: for sure and you know there are so many people in our community even who have really helped our community advance um you know we are reaping the benefits of the work they did today but they Mm. also have a lot of problematic things in their past sometimes even in their present yes Who am I thinking of yeah like Warhol is one but you can also think of like RuPaul is another um, mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah. our you know our heroes aren't flawless, and I'm I'm kind of okay with that. But then we're also yeah. like the fact that our community um, acknowledges where they have room to grow. It makes me feel good about the generation coming,
1: and mm-hmm. how
2: you know we will produce queer heroes that are even better than the ones we had in the past.
1: Hell yeah! Yeah. Yes. Yeah. As humans, all we can do is uh try to be better going forward. Exactly. For sure. And perhaps even gayer.
2: (laughs) Yes,
1: please. (laughs) (laughs) Always new heights. Could it be in the
0: distance? It is. It's more gay. And it's coming your way.
2: (laughs) Uh, I really hope so.
1: Yes. Mm. All right. I have one final artist for you. And uh, this is our our farthest back. We're going back to the Renaissance. Oh, yeah. With this uh, gay Italian artist who studied classical sculpture. His claims to fame include sculpting biblical hero David with his dick out and sharing his name with the smartest ninja turtle.
2: Michelangelo, is it?
1: Oh, no, you're Donatello. Donatello is the smartest one. And he is a
2: sculptor, yeah. I just thought you meant Michelangelo because Michelangelo was gay as fuck, too. (laughs) I think a
0: bunch Mm. of them were. (laughs) See, I was going to say Leonardo da Vinci. (laughs) Also gay. (laughs) Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, the Renaissance a was gays. really gay time. <laughs>
0: it's surprising, no one who attends Renaissance
1: fairs. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> oh, <laughs> look, wait, what? We're gay. <laughs> look, it's the Enlightenment. You know, it's a time of great progress with uh, science and art, and also being very, very queer. Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm curious <laughs> to know what is the gay connection for Donatello, because um, he is my favorite Ninja Turtle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh with with this particular sculptor, again, I mean, um, all I could really find was people were saying like yeah, he was he was uh gay and we know it in the same way that we know like Da Vinci um, or Michelangelo, where uh I think he uh <laughs> didn't always just rely on skill when choosing like apprentices.
2: Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Problematic fave Donatello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh it's kind but,
2: of funny that we're realizing these people were gay from like basically casting couch stories from the fourteen hundreds.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's fun like seeing like uh different like artworks and stuff and like journals from like way back when where it's like they were just as messy as us. <laughs>
2: For sure. Messier yeah.
1: even. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In many
0: instances messier. For sure. It's like, a, there's a one uh, journal entry from uh, Aaron Burr, who I, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, I spent $40 on something like an ass.
1: Wasn't that a coconut?
0: Yeah, it was. Oh, it was a coconut. He's <laughs> like, I spent $40 on a coconut like an ass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Celebrities, they're just like us. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was uh, LGBTQI art. You nailed it. That's four out of five. So round of applause. Hey,
2: oh my gosh. Thank you. Whoa, I feel like a winner.
1: (laughs) The prize is a sense of accomplishment.
2: All right, I'll take it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Thank you
0: so much for being on the show, James. Is there anything you'd like to plug?
2: Sure. Okay. So um, I'm from Halifax and I sing in the Halifax Gay Men's Chorus. I would just like to plug my choir. Hey, HGMC. (laughs) We we did a couple of uh, virtual videos, you know. For these pandemic times. Um, I really miss singing with my choir and I can't wait until we get to do that again. Um, what else? Uh I, I guess I would promote the McPhee Center for Creative Learning. It's over in Dartmouth. If you have a kid who's looking to get involved in like creative classes of any kind, they can go and enroll there for free. And I also do graphic facilit uh graphic um graphic recording. Have you ever heard of that? No. So it's a thing where you go to a meeting or a conference and then you kind of draw the conversation oh, using words no. and images on like these gigantic pieces of paper the size of a blackboard. So like wow. as they're talking, you kind of draw their conversation live.
1: That's so cool. Yeah, that's it is really pretty cool. cool.
2: Yeah. So I do that for um, uh, a group called C-Meaning, like see um, C A. Uh, with my co workers there, Corey and Janet, and uh, we work with a lot of First Nations groups and like other organizations um, where we support the causes. Um, I know recently we did a study on um, for the YWCA, and they were looking into um, like differences um, in the experience of tradespeople who are women and like what are some of the barriers to them. And mm-hmm. um, what do like women in the trades have to say about the barriers and what do the men in the trades have to say? It's really interesting work. Anyway, so I would just like to promote cmeaning.ca if you're ever looking for graphic recording and facilitation. And otherwise, I guess I have an Instagram account if you're interested. It's sure. at So at J-I-N-E-I-S-H. Those are basically my initials and my last name. And I just like post my drawings and my life there. And that's all.
1: <laughs> awesome. Heck yeah. Um if you wanna tweet more queer artists that I should look at, uh, I'm on Twitter at underscore glittergoblin underscore and I link to other social medias from there. And you cool. can find my gay agenda
0: on iTunes and Spotify and you know wherever else those distribute podcasts to. Um if you are listening on there. Then feel free to throw stars at us and or give us a follow on spotify that's a really good way to see when we uh, re- uh upload a new episode uh you can also find us on facebook and on twitter our handle is gay agenda cast and you can also find us on patreon uh much like rachel leonardo higgins <laughs> Still thinking of Ninja Turtles, um, as well as Tiny Snail. Um, Tim and I just watched High School Musical together, so we're going to be uploading an episode about our experience watching High School Musical, because he had never seen it before, so very excited about that. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: I've never seen it, I confess.
0: Oh, it's, I mean, it's... I'm an
2: appreciator of Zac Efron, but um, that's where it ends, really. <laughs>
0: well i mean that's where his star really shines but you'll have to you'll have to join us on patreon to hear my hot takes about high school awesome. in the deep
1: universe all right <laughs> also if anyone's like super jamming out to our theme song every time we're hopefully going to be getting that up on the patreon soon for download yeah
2: it is a really cute theme song
1: thank you <laughs>
0: it's a real cute jay did a great job
1: <laughs> all right just uh want to sign us off jay all right until next time put this in your gay agenda change the world love yourself play today be playful be curious i love it and that's our gay agenda that's our gay agenda